This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool nil, Everton 2, Derby despair as Reds left in doldrums by defeat to Blues. I'm Guy Clark, this is the post-game podcast here on Blood Red as we react to Liverpool losing the Anfield Derby for the first time this century with Jordan Henderson also forced off injured to continue the centre-back injury crisis. Coming up, we'll hear from Jurgen Klopp. In the decisive moments, we make either a mistake or just something strange happens. The Echo's Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst. It's now four successive defeats at Anfield for the first time since 1923, would you believe? Um, the records just keep stacking up for Ian Klopp and they don't look particularly favourable. And what damage this could have on the Reds' top four hopes. At this moment in time, it also looks as though Liverpool aren't going to qualify for the Champions League. Analysis, insight and opinion all to come right here on the Post Game Podcast. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool's 22-year unbeaten record at Anfield in the Merseyside derby is over after Everton won 2-0 here this evening. Um, an early goal from Richarlison and a guilty Sigurdsson penalty at either end of the game have consigned Liverpool to their first defeat here against the Blues since September 1999. But of course, that's a record that most of you will have already been fully aware of. It's a one that's been proud for years. Um, Liverpool have held it in possession and um, it's really looked like being ended in truth but uh, today was the day when uh, a time when uh, there was no one inside Anfield to cheer Liverpool on and try and get them over the line it's now four successive defeats at Anfield for the first time since 1923 would you believe um, the records just keep stacking up for Jürgen Klopp and they don't look particularly favourable um, Liverpool probably didn't deserve to get any from, from the game it must be said they created one or two chances in the in the first half, Jordan Pickford made a couple of good saves, one in particular from Jordan Henderson. That was before he was uh, succumbed to uh, the muscle injury. The latest obligatory Liverpool injury, Jürgen Klopp was forced to bring on Nat Phillips, uh, who played against, uh, he played alongside Ozan Kabak for Liverpool's um, 18th centre-back partnership and the 14th in the Premier League. So uh, it remains to be seen what uh, Henderson's diagnosis is, but um, he might be out of next week's game against... Sheffield United, um, Jordan Pickford made a good save from Mohamed Salah in the second half, but generally Liverpool didn't really create too much and Everton were fairly comfortable for, the, for their win. Would you believe it's something that um, almost seemed unthinkable at many times across the last 22 years? But uh, Everton have their win and it's, uh, it's come at a time when there's been no one in Anfield to, to cheer it from a blue perspective or um, shout, shout it down from a red perspective. So it's finished here. Uh, Liverpool nil, Everton two. Uh, Liverpool now really facing an uphill battle in that face, race for the top four. But um, it's one that isn't over yet. There's still 13 games to play, and Liverpool really do need to pull themselves out of this wooding form that they've been in for the past two, two and a half months, shall we say? Um, it's really threatened to derail everything that uh, Jurgen Klopp has, has done over the last couple of years, and um, something needs to change fast because uh, Liverpool are going nowhere. Um, Liverpool nil, Everton two. The Echoes, Paul Gorst watching on as the Reds hold on the Anfield derby was ended by Richarlison and Gilfie Sigurdsson from the penalty spot. Plenty of debate, opinion and analysis to come in the coming days. Lots of the talk, I'm sure, will be around the awarding of the penalty for Everton's second, as well as where Liverpool turn next with Jordan Henderson also forced off injured. Were those just some of the talking points put to Jurgen Klopp after the game? Here he is speaking in his post-match press conference. Jürgen, how much does that result hurt? A lot. A lot. Um, but 
we conceded a completely unnecessary first goal. Should not forget that, and um, and that's a, a big part of the game. So there are two big parts. So you have to defend, and you have to score. And in one situation, we didn't defend well enough, so they could score. We made a mistake, if you want. Um, and we didn't use their mistakes, or we didn't use the things we created. And that's why we have the result. Um, what did you make of the penalty? I, I really I really think that's unfair to ask me, because everybody asks me that question. That means everybody thinks it was not a penalty. But that's not really important because the ref thought it's a penalty. So I wanted to talk to him now after the first um, few interviews I had, but they left already. Um, I just want to ask, so what did he see? Because if the VR calls you over in a situation like that, then I think he is in doubt about this, the decision. But he needed only a second. So he went there, watched it from three, four yards, and... Yeah, pen and went and turned and pen. So he saw obviously something um, all other people didn't see. I didn't see it back yet, um, but everybody who speaks to me tells me the same. Um, how can that be a penalty? So. Okay, thank you, Fraser. Carl Markham, I think, will be the last one. If no one else wants to put a hand up, I can't press you into that. So there we go, Carl. Hi, Jürgen. Um, you always said the, the next injury you would find out about would be a centre-back injury and, and we see Jordan Henderson going off. Can you give us an a sort of indication of, of what that's likely to be meaning? No, not really. It's the groin adductor region um, and nobody in the medical department was kind of positive about it. So it doesn't look good, but we have, of course, to wait for the, um, the scan tomorrow, hopefully. Thank you, Carl. We'll go in order. Sam Wallace, Jonathan Northcroft, Simon Mullican, and that's us, I think. So, Sam. Hi, uh, yeah. Hi, Sam. Cool. For, for many people, I think, to kind of understand um, how things have come to this, where you've lost four games now at home in a row, I mean, can, can you kind of... Can, can you rationalise is it, or, or do you think it's just too big a picture to try and encapsulate all the different things that have happened? Not all the games were the same, obviously. Um, different games, I think. We're dominant in most of the games, if I'm right. Um, we lost an away game as well, where we were really dominant against Leicester. Um, so <laughs> that means that in the decisive moments, we make either a mistake or just something strange happens. So that's how it is for the opponent. They, if you make a mistake, it's pretty 100% that they score off it, from it. And um, if you pause them to make mistakes, it's, that doesn't mean immediately we will score. So I think everybody who saw the game tonight would say, okay, if you watch a game without the goals, then um, how can that happen? But it happened, and not the first time. So And we are really critical with ourselves there. So how is that the first goal? our mistake and the, 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 that we don't finish the situations off it's about us as well so it's not the, who can be criticized for that um, and that's that's clear we know that um, and I don't like I said it already in all other interviews I don't like to talk tonight about the, the, the good parts of the game because we lost a game uh, and we lost the derby 
But from tomorrow on, we have to use that again. That's how it is because we cannot change the situation by playing bad. So that's not possible. Um, but in decisive moments, we have to um, yeah, we have to improve. That's clear. Thanks, Sam. We've got Simon Mollock and then Johnny Northcroft to finish because Simon's mic's up. Simon, yeah. Hi, Jürgen. Um, do you get the feeling that because everything is, has been sort of on an upward curve for the last three years, that maybe the players are kind of struggling to come come to terms with why it keeps it seems to be going wrong every week. Is it really difficult to get out of that slump because it's been such a success story over the last three years? Well, I'm, I'm not looking forward to read your article, to be honest, um, about that. Um, just because... Um, so this kind of explanation that you have three years, you are really good, and then the fourth year, it's normal that you cannot um, perform. Um, we, had, we had some problems, you know them. Um, and again, you if if you saw an, an attitude problem today on the pitch, for example, then you have to write it. Um, if you didn't see that, then you cannot write it. Um, and that means we just there is a we, we we have to play, but we have to force it as well. So that's how it is. And in the decisive moments, we have to be calmer. That's that's how it is. So like in the finishing situations, the, uh, we had. And I don't mean now the headers from Sadio, which were really tricky with the circumstances we had tonight, or the chance from Mo, where he was a super play with Shaka, I think, and Trent, where, where Mo is alone from the goal. That, that's then really difficult because Pickford is in front of him, short distance. But we had other situations where we had really good finishing um, opportunities, and we didn't finish the situations off. So the only way I know is to try it again and again and again. And I don't see any... Um, relation to the last three years well, because we are uh, that we were champion last year that was already uh, a month after we were champion I, I, it didn't feel like it was a month ago that has nothing to do with that the boys are still full of desire I see that but to change a football game and a, a result and to get a result you have to be decisive in the right moments defensively and offensively and that's what we are lacking okay, let's finish Johnny Northcroft Hi Jürgen Hi, um, hi, I mean, that, that was your 18th, I think you finished with your 18th different centre-back partnership this season. And I know it's a very obvious thing, but how difficult is that making it for you? And what, what are your options for the next game? Oh, we, we have, of course, options. Um, how difficult it makes, well, what do we make? <laughs> okay, that makes it really difficult. But to, for example, to win tonight, uh, Nate was for sure not uh, one second our problem, even when Hendo was in the beginning of the game really dominant, uh, especially offensively. Um, and so, yeah, it's a massive blow losing Hendo again. Well, massive, but Nate played a super game. So, uh, again, we <laughs> we got, meanwhile, unfortunately, used to it that we have to change things and we just try to set up again uh, for the next game and as long as we have 11 players we'll do that Jurgen Klopp somehow trying to make sense of defeat to Everton at Anfield in the Premier League for the first time since 1999 well four consecutive defeats in the league at Anfield the statistics really do make grim reading right now and there seems to be little joy about time now though to hear from Owen from the Cop On podcast. You know, it doesn't hurt like I thought it would hurt. It doesn't actually hurt very much at all because at this stage, I'm just numb to it. 
I honestly think we won't qualify for any kind of European competition for next season because not only is our team knackered and as empty as Everton's trophy cabinet since 1995, but the blueprint to beat this Liverpool team, Liverpool's B team, is clear. Sit back, defend narrow and hit us on the break. You'll probably get at least a point. Speaking of points, Liverpool have gained only seven of them since Christmas. Relegation form. This is why I'm used to it. As I said, it's kind of normal now. You know, drawing against WBA and Newcastle, that really hurt. Losing to Southampton really hurt. Drawing nil-nil with Manchester United sucked. Losing to Burnley was pretty horrible. And then bouncing back with two great wins against Spurs and West Ham had me and many of us hoping again. And then a real kick in the chops was against Brighton. Losing to City was to be expected. Losing to Leicester after such a great start last week was pretty dire. But now, honestly, it's normal. What needs to change? Some people will say, you know, they'll come up with some kind of nonsense. Tiago doesn't fit in the team, etc., etc. It's nonsense. Uh, you know, getting Henderson, Jota, Vir- Virgil van Dijk, Gomez, Matip, Fabinho and or Milner back on the team sheet wouldn't be a bad place to start. Or perhaps a change of tactic. We look very stale, but it's to be expected with all of our injuries. I don't know. It's not for me to say. I'm just Owen from Copod Podcast. And I've just got to say, let's just wade blindly through this stenchy bog, for it shall not be eternal. And remember, remember, listeners, if you're feeling too down, remember life could be worse. Life could be much worse. You could support Everton. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross the Line podcast. Oh, what a season. Uh, I know we've lost a few now at Anfield, but this one definitely hurts the most. Their first win at Anfield this century, which sums up the run we're on. Definitely doesn't happen if fans are in the stadium, by the way. But yeah, to see Everton on the same points as us with a game in hand, it's... Yeah, I'm going to try not to rant too much on this one, but we'll see how we go. But for once, I'm definitely glad the pubs are shut because I remember how unbearable Everton fans were the last time they actually got a win over us. So, yeah, glad of that one. Um, What a day. Uh, It wasn't a great start to the game. Couldn't have been much worse, really, could it? Of course it was Richarlison who scored first for them. Of course it was after his... um, behaviour, shall we say, in the last derby. Well, every derby, basically. Um, I'm not a fan, can you tell? But to think how positive I felt before the game, because I saw Calvert-Lewin and Alan, for that matter, were both on the bench. Obviously, Calvert-Lewin came on and had his say in the end, unfortunately. But yeah, 
everything went wrong. You know, the last thing I wanted to see today was Jordan Henderson, of all people, going down with some kind of muscle issue, either hamstring or groin. You know, Nat Phillips having to come on, who who I like, but partnering Kabak in, you know, Kabak's, what, third game at Liverpool. Another centre-back partnership that hasn't played together this season. I think this was our 18th different centre-back partnership this season. Like, honestly, did someone, like a rival coach or something, curse us after winning the title last season? Like, this must never happen again because the amount of centre-back injuries is is just ludicrous. That's the three main centre-backs injured and the two midfielders who came in to replace them to do the job at the back, which is just crazy bad luck. And there were just so many frustrations. You know, we we dominated the possession, had so much of the ball, just weren't finding the cut through. And in the second half, we came out with more impetus, but it just wasn't happening. Annoyingly, Pickford was was really good for them today, which again, of, of course that happens after what happened in the last derby. But like the link-up play between Trent and Mane in particular was brilliant. We just couldn't get the goal. And... A lot of the talk is, is going to centre on this penalty decision, I think. You know, Chris Kavanagh, who actually I thought had a fairly decent game up until this point in terms of how he was letting the game flow. But I'm obviously coming from a very biased point of view on this, but it's not a good decision for me. You know, it does help if you actually watch the replay properly, Chris. You know, it's not a penalty for me, but it is such an odd one because Calvert-Lewin essentially falls over Trent and knees him in the back of the head in the process. Um, and by the way, I'm sorry, we all know if that happens at the other end, there is absolutely no way that Mo Salah gets that same decision. But it was an open goal, but Calvert-Lewin is also clearly falling over before he runs into Trent. I'm not entirely sure what Trent is supposed to do to get out of the way. It's a very harsh one, that's for sure. And I am very much like... What? Why do we even have VAR at this point? Because the referees obviously don't know how to use it properly. Because for him to go to the monitor, look at it for literally less than five seconds and still give the decision is really embarrassing, I think. Because, look, it might be the case that it is a penalty. Like I say, I'm obviously very biased on this one. But you have to look at a couple of replays before you decide on the decision. Surely... That's the part that frustrates me. He watched it once and was like, that's fine. But yeah, it's rough times for us in the league at the moment, especially at Anfield. And in terms of positives, I mean, I'm glad that Jordan Pickford resisted the urge to leap into the stands and actually finish the job on Virgil. So small mercies, I suppose. And, you know, like I say, I think the link-up play between Trent and Marnie was really positive, but it just didn't amount to anything. But... You know, a lot of our play today was really positive in terms of how we were keeping the ball and working the ball. We just lacked the cutting edge again, which has been the story of the last month and a half, really, in terms of how Liverpool have been playing. And it's odd times for us at the moment because I feel like coming off that Leipzig result midweek, I feel like we we were really great there and we genuinely have a real chance in the Champions League this season but you compare that to our league form which is just so bad at the moment but then we do have a history of that and we do have a history of winning European Cups when we haven't done well in the league so 
maybe that is what we we have to hold on to and look at that as a potential. So that's what I'm going to tell myself as I go and grab another beer to to numb the pain. Cheers, up the Reds. Charles from Witness with his thoughts on the Liverpool v Everton game. Terrible 2-0 defeat and Liverpool's run of poor Premier League results continue. Two minutes in, Richarlison has scored, got in far too easily behind the defence. Kabak, out of position, caught, napping, whatever you want to call it. And 1-0 up after, like I say, two minutes. And from that moment on, Liverpool are on the back foot and it just never felt from the start that it wasn't going to happen. I thought Kabak... I'm not I'm not one to hang Liverpool players out to dry, but I thought he was woeful in that first half. Um, first 20 seconds, he's put the ball out for a, a corner off, a, off the goal, off the uh, off the kickoff. He's gone to sleep for the goal. He's looked nervous. He was really really poor. Let's let's not kid ourselves. And then to make matters worse, Endo's pulled up on around the half an hour mark. Looks like his hamstring's gone and couldn't things can't get much worse for Liverpool. The captain's gone off injured. And yeah, it was really, really tough first half. Just the intensity. There was no aggression. Totally passive really. We it was painful to painful to watch there for Liverpool. And Everton are no great shakes. I'm, let's not kid ourselves. They're not a they're not a great side yet. They've got a lot of few better players. They're well organised. You know, give give uh, Michael Keane his due. Centre back. I thought he was excellent for Everton today. Kept every all the Liverpool attacks quiet and any time was needed. They had the foot in there. But we're we're, we're causing our own problems really. Then, like I say, they're not a great side and. That's, that's a really, really tough defeat to take. We, we go into the second half, we come out a lot better, a lot more aggressive and, you know, into it a bit more, but still, it never felt, it just never felt right from the beginning today there. I can't put my finger on it. It just never felt like it was going to happen. There was a couple of half chances. Salah's had a decent chance with a decent save in Pickford, but not much. Let's let's not kid ourselves. Not much created. A lot of possession in the second half. Not much created. And then Everton get the second for a absolute shocking uh, decision penalty. The embarrassing thing about it is, it's gone to VAR. You're pretty confident it's going to get overturned. I think it was Richarlison's gone through, and then he's literally just fell over. Um, he's fell over. Alexander Arnold. The ref's gone over to the screen and did he even look at the screen? That's that is so frustrating. He's walked over to the screen to have a look. And he was there for about two seconds, they just walked away and gave the pen. If he's looked at that in any way, that is not a penalty. If it's at the Everton end, the Liverpool end, the Man United end, the City end, I don't care. That's not a penalty. In any way, shape, or form. But it's been given. They've stepped up, they've scored it, 2-0. You know what? Everton deserved a victory today. Pains me to say. Absolutely pains me to say. Liverpool not good enough in all areas. Defence, midfield, attack. Just totally toothless. And 
it's going to be a long, hard fight now to get in this top four. I've probably put us as outsiders now to get in that top four. And if you'd have asked me that a couple of months ago, I'd have laughed at you. I'd have absolutely laughed at you. But believe me, to get in this top four is going to be a scrap because there's so many teams up there now. And the fact we've just lost there again today, I think that's four defeats in a row at Anfield. That is... I can't even... I, God knows how long it is since that's happened. It's got to be one of the worst runs in history for Liverpool. For home, I'm just... I'm Like I say, I'm flabbergasted. I'm not sure... Is it... The next game is a week away. I think it's... Is it Sheffield United next Sunday? It's just... Yeah, we need to get our heads together. You know, Henderson looking like he's probably going to be out... Look like he's pulled his hamstring... One positive, I will say, Nat Phillips thought he'd done well when he come on. Again, I thought he's never let us down. Looks a much better player, defender, everything than Kabak. Nat Phillips is obviously going to get some sort of chance if um, Henderson's out. Maybe we can get Fabinho back. We can take Kabak out the fire line. I don't know. Give the lad from Preston a chance. I don't know. Something's got to change because at the minute it's it's a tough watch for Liverpool. We grind out the win now and again and then we get games like this and it's a real, real tough watch. We'll try and stay positive. We've got a few days to get our heads together. It's still all to play for in that tough four. Let's not give up on the fight. And we'll go again next weekend. Come on, Liverpool! Ross exasperated by defeat to Everton, summing up the mood of many a red. We're time now to dive into our Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Link as ever in the description of the podcast if you want to join in the debate and the discussion. Well, Simon writes, just not our season at all. Yes, we aren't playing great at times, but should have definitely gotten a goal or two today. Injuries, ref decisions, chances, those things never seem to go in our direction. And like last season, not to forget an empty Anfield. You do wonder what impact a full Anfield would have had on the game. Certainly a good talking point to bring up. Well, David Chester writes, same tactics, same formation, same results. Injuries haven't helped, but still should be showing more than this. Paddy writes, top six, a realistic target now. These injuries don't look like they're letting up. And I don't think our defensive signings are going to make much of an impact to change things at the back. Hopefully, things improve. And finally, Stuart Lewis writes, it does feel like the definition of madness. Keep playing the same way and expecting a different outcome. Four home losses in a row for the first time since the 1920s. Feels like we've got to try something different with what is available to us currently. You'll never walk alone. As I say, for more in the Blood Red podcast Facebook group, follow the link in the description of the podcast or just head to Facebook and search for Blood Red podcast. Last thoughts on the defeat to Everton come from Mark Baker. Liverpool's season goes from <laughs> bad to disastrous at this moment in time after a loss against Everton. I mean, if you could have sort of foreseen uh, a situation in the summer and you said how oh, Liverpool's season was going to turn out, I don't think anyone could have quite knew it would stoop these depths after today's uh, defeat to Everton, which means that obviously a, a long and proud record against the visiting team and even over the last decade, really, in terms of home and away, is relinquished just as the 
home record over nearly a four-year period has been over the last few weeks and also the Premier League title has been so it doesn't get any more sober than that at this moment in time it also looks as though Liverpool aren't going to qualify for the Champions League which in terms of recruitment retention of players all them kind of things would be absolutely awful for the club but right now you cannot foresee a situation in which Liverpool finish in the top four and are one of the top four teams in the division um, over the next however game, uh, however many games it may be till the end of the season so obviously in the derby today Everton come and come in with the same game plan that Consistently works against Liverpool, obviously, in elite football these days. Every team has is privy to hours and hours of footage on the opposition. And right now, why would you do nothing different than the same formula which seems to work against Liverpool every time, which is uh, play the majority of the game via percentage football going longer. Liverpool, giving Liverpool the ball. So Liverpool have the, the majority of the possession. And that's not much, not much different than what seems went in to face Liverpool against last year. Obviously, there's a few mitigating factors which make it different this year. And one of them was apparent in the opening couple of minutes in which Kabach, Liverpool's new centre-half, body shape all over the place. James Rodriguez is able to find Richarlison, who puts Everton 1-0 up. Everton throughout the game, I would probably suggest, in terms of territory, very rarely visited Liverpool's defensive third. Probably I would count on one hand the times they got into advantageous areas. And so, like so many of the games that have gone before, it's about Liverpool being able to manage minutes, sorry, manage moments in games that the opposition have. That could be an aerial ball, that could be a run down the channel, that could be uh, a through ball, as Hammers Rodriguez played under pressure. Liverpool simply cannot do it at this moment in time with the personnel they had. I mean, the idea at the moment is that Liverpool, there seems to be a lot with pundits is Liverpool have lost the energy out of the midfield. Well, I disagree. Liverpool have 65% of the ball in nearly every game they've played of late. Now, they couldn't possibly get more of the ball if they tried in relation to percentages. So the idea that they actually need to go and win it back more is just nonsensical. It, do, it doesn't make any sense. Are Liverpool sometimes easier to play against when the ball's turned over and break, opposition teams able to get through the lines a bit quicker with the absence of Fabinho and Henderson there? I'd say yeah. However, in general, the idea that they're not suffocating teams or dominating possession and territory is nonsensical. So it's all about, can these moments the opposition have be managed well enough, just like they have previously in previous seasons and what's made Liverpool so great in the Van Dijk, Joe Gomez, uh, Joel Matip, all these players who are robust, able to cover ground quickly, able to defend 1v1 in isolation, play high up the field, aerially dominant, especially in Van Dijk and Matip's case, so that these moments were quickly swamped out by Liverpool and then Liverpool were back on the front foot and, and attacking um, and looking to hate the opposition. And with that much ball... If you are not making them errors and the game is still at nil-nil and with the quality of forward players Liverpool have had over the last three years, it was always the case that Liverpool were likely to win games and break the opposition down because they had such a strong platform to work off. Fast forward to the present day, Liverpool's attacking players are nowhere near. I mean, you could argue Salah still in terms of his performances and certainly his numbers. But in general, the forward players are nowhere near. Manny, 
has looked a shadow over recent months and Firmino's had a more long-term decline, which means he, he doesn't provide you the numbers or the productivity that you require. The opposition sit deep, sit compact. Liverpool's fullbacks are not able to make the final pass despite getting into very good areas the majority of the time. And and that's a big thing. Liverpool are conceding goals at key moments in games, which give them an uphill task. But also, although they're not attacking well, they're not able to take the good opportunities that they do get. I mean, without looking at the statistics in terms of XG today, I'd say Liverpool had more than enough good opportunities to be able to have scored a goal. However, didn't take them. Now, the midfield we know has always been an industrious midfield. It's always been one that is not the most creative. However, supplements the team in terms of balancing it off and giving licence to other players. Now, Thiago, as we know, has played more progressive passes than any midfield player in the league this season. Always looks to try and play forwards. But the idea that he was going to be a player who made the final pass was always fanciful. He's never been his career. So Liverpool are finding themselves playing against teams who are sitting deep, compact. Thiago was finding passes in the centre of the park to play in the higher players. But then the higher players aren't able to individually create. And also... I would say the biggest uh, problem that Liverpool have had in recent years, although they've been able to solve it for the majority of the time, is not having a Felipe Coutinho, not having a player who can produce the final pass. And that is James Rodriguez today. One opportunity, brought down, brilliant technique. He sees the pass and he's able to execute it. There's a difference between a player who allows the team to advance into higher areas in the deeper areas of the pitch by breaking lines playing forward passes in that area it's a whole different skill set to be the player who plays the final pass and for Liverpool the only player really within the side who's got that ability is Jadon Shaqiri and at times since Alexander-Arnold also so if Liverpool are missing one aspect it would be what they've seen on the other side today a player barely in the game in Hamas Rodriguez but the player who sees things quicker is able to execute it, but not 10 or 15 yards deeper in the final third. I mean, I don't know what more I can say really to try and sum it up. That's my sort of uh, view on what's going wrong with Liverpool at this moment in time. And you really can't see it being managed anytime soon because, I mean, if this Henderson's gone off injured, Ozan Kabak looks absolutely miles short. It's, it's early to judge and I never like doing that to players and I simply won't, but... He looked all at sea, aerially, doesn't look to have the mobility. And it's difficult. Listen, he's been thrown in, he looks out of his depth at the moment. That isn't the player's fault. Should he be playing centre-half for Liverpool at this moment in time? I'd argue that Nat Phillips has done well enough to play the games. And it's a bit of a surprise to me that he hasn't played more, although Klopp sees him all the time. And obviously, there must be deficiencies there. So, you don't know who's going to play centre-half on a regular basis. And Liverpool looks shot of confidence. And now... I, I, I really, it's going to be a really tough to see Liverpool coming away from this because this is not a short-term problem. This is a steady decline which is manifested and where we sit at this current moment in time for the present day. Mark Baker with his take on the Reds' latest defeat. Well, more analysis, debate and opinion to come here on Blood Red in the coming days with our writers on the Echo Sports Desk having their say on Monday's Blood Red podcast. Before we go, thanks as ever goes to those who continue to listen in and support our content here on Blood Red. As ever, ratings and reviews, wherever it is you get your audio on demand, are always more than appreciated. But from myself, Guy Clark, and the team at Blood Red, thanks for your time and your company. Bye for now.
You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.